Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Michael Reed on LMFM. Monday morning, the 9th of November. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11 a.m. This is Michael Reed on LMFM. Uh, new era begins as Joe Biden hopes to use his presidency to unite America. I'm a proud Democrat, but I will govern as an American president. I'll work as hard for those who didn't vote for me as those who did. Let this grim era of demonization in America Begin to end here and now. No doubt Joe Biden has had some luck on his side to become the next American president. There's an old saying that goes like this. If you're lucky enough to be Irish, well, you're lucky enough. An Irish-American president. But just how Irish is Mr. Biden? My mother's mother's name was Blewett. And my father, my mother's father's name was Finnegan. One was from County Mayo in Ireland, and the other was from the Cooley Peninsula in County Louth on the Irish Sea. And during the, uh, the terrible potato famine, when the British were uh, doing very bad things to the Irish at the time, not a joke, my, uh, my, uh, my great-great-great-grandfather got on a ship in 1842 and headed with several of his family members, I believe illegally, uh, to, uh, to Louisiana and uh, New Orleans and made his way north. The American president-elect Joe Biden. Let's uh, speak, uh, first of all, to uh, the Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, who is a Fine Gael TD in Meath East. Good morning, Minister, and uh, thank morning, you indeed uh, for joining us here on uh, the programme uh, this morning. Hard to think that it's anything but a good day for this country uh, that Joe Biden uh, is headed for the White House. Well, look, I I think even just from listening to those few words, um, his Irish ancestry is is something that's very important to him. And obviously, that Irish-American link that we all, I think, hold very dear is extremely important to all of us for many reasons. But, uh, you know, I I think for a number of reasons, this is is a good thing. I I think he is a president, as as he said in his speech, and, and I think many people stayed up to listen to his speech on Saturday night. He has said that he will work for those who didn't vote for him and those who voted for him. And I think his objective 
is to try and bring people together where there really has been a huge amount of division over the last number of years. And, and I think, unfortunately, Donald Trump as a president has divided people in many, many ways. And, and I really do hope with Joe Biden as president, not just because of, of his Irish ancestry and, and obviously his, his very clear, I think, love and connection to Ireland, but I think what he can bring to America and to the rest of the world, I think it was a very positive result over the weekend. Obviously, then maybe specifically from an Irish point of view, given what we're going through with Brexit, given the very complicated situation we still find ourselves in, uh, in trying to reach a deal by the end of the year, Joe Biden has always been very clear that anything that in any way impacts uh, negatively on the Good Friday Agreement would essentially negatively impact on any kind of a trade deal between the US and the UK. And he's been very vocal and very clear in saying that. So I think his support in that regard is something that we can count on and and that obviously is very welcome. And what do you think that support might mean? I think it was interesting listening uh, to Joe Biden speak about uh, the relationship this country has had with our neighbours across uh, the water. And he clearly has his own views on uh, the historic part of that. He also has very clear views on Brexit and if an island like Ireland sees the return of a border well then the country imposing that won't be in a position to do a trade deal with America. Could that be the end of the internal market bill for the United Kingdom? Well, I I think in particular on the internal market bill, he has been very clear as well. I mean, this is a bill where you have a number of UK ministers have said if it is enacted in full, they would essentially be breaching international law. So not only is, is I suppose, is is it negative in many ways, but it also would negatively impact on the Good Friday Agreement. And Joe Biden has been very clear in saying that if that bill is passed, as it currently stands, then it would have a huge negative impact on any kind of future trade deal between the UK and the US. I mean, we have heard this language for for some years now, and Nancy Pelosi as uh, Speaker of the House of Representatives, and not just Democrats, but Republicans, have been very vocal and outspoken in saying this, but I think to have the president or the, the president-elect, I suppose, at this mm. stage, reiterating those points. I mean, he, he has made a number of jokes. I, I think I saw a clip of him where he was asked to speak to the BBC and he said, no, I'm Irish. I mean, he, he really does think, I, I think, take a lot of pride in, in his Irish roots and, and that's obviously something to be very welcomed, but it's not just uh, his words, it's his actions. And, and I think we've seen from his actions and the fact that he has stood by us when it comes mm. to this, such, such an important, um, such an important agreement on this island, but but it's it's an agreement that the U.S. and, and many representatives from the U.S. So, were so instrumental in bringing about um, all those years ago, and I think it's something that they feel as, as being part of their history as well. And, and I think, particularly given his Irish roots, it's it's very much a positive for us in that regard. Yeah, I suppose there's only so much he can do or won't do. Uh, and uh, if he won't uh, enter into a trade deal with uh, the United Kingdom, uh, that doesn't oblige the United Kingdom to act in any particular way. Uh, but it would make it very difficult for them to go ahead uh, and uh, to bring about a, a border on this island. Absolutely. I mean, I think one of the reasons for Brexit or, or those who advocated for Brexit uh, was a to, to break away from from what they perceived as as the shackles and chains of of the EU and and being able to do what they wanted. But another huge part of that was that they could negotiate all these other trade deals with other countries and other jurisdictions. Of course, the US being probably one of the biggest prizes. So for the US to say, if you implement this legislation, if you in any way jeopardise the Northern Ireland peace process, if you in any way 
um, even contemplate uh, reintroducing any kind of a border, then you will not have an agreement with us. Uh, I really think that's something that the UK need to take on board and, and I'm absolutely certain that they are where we are now at the moment in terms of the Brexit negotiations. Mm. It's very difficult to see. I think there was a lot of discussions probably a week and a half ago, you could say that they went into the, the tunnel, so to speak, and there are still talks happening, but we really are coming to a crunch point at this stage. It had always been said, and Michel Barnier had always said, that we needed to reach an agreement by the end of October, early November, to enable this to pass through all of the other parliaments and the European Parliament itself. Uh, and obviously we're still not there yet. So we really are at a crucial stage. Mm-hmm. And I think to have the president-elect of the United States of America on our side and behind us uh, will hopefully help move things along. Uh, and that tunnel, as uh, they call it, is uh, where both sides negotiating uh, this deal. If there is uh, to be a deal, go in behind closed doors. They don't open the doors. Nothing leaks out through the doors and nothing is said. And nobody really knows what's going on until they come out and say, we've either done a deal and what that deal is, or we didn't manage to do it. Yes, and I mean, look, it's it's not an ideal way of doing things. Mm. And, and I think there's a lot of people who would prefer not to have to do it that way. But we've seen over the last number of years that at different stages, this kind of negotiation has happened. It's focused minds, it's brought people together. And I think when you don't have different bits of information that are coming out that people can then use in a speech in a parliament or people can then use in the media, and then obviously it creates tensions, it's much more difficult to reach an agreement. So I think when you have that focus, when you have that clear determination where people aren't out speaking and, and against each other, you're much more likely to get something done. So I really do hope that that focus can continue and obviously an agreement can be reached. A huge amount of work has been done to date. There are still some sticking points, but, you know, I, mm. I think anything is possible. And I think I've always been positive throughout all of this that we can reach an agreement. But if I could say this, and I know maybe this isn't the direction we were going, but it does mean change irrespective of what happens and people who are doing business with the UK by the end of the year, whether we have a deal or not, this will mean change. And I know people have gone to the top of the hill and marched back down a number of times, but just to look at your business model, look at how you engage with the UK, look at any work that you need to do and just please make sure that that you're doing that and that you have it done before the end of the year. Mm, It's how bad Brexit will be or how good Brexit will be, depending on how you look at it, but there will be Brexit. Uh, What else might change uh, under Joe Biden's presidency for people in uh, this country, do you think, Minister? I'm sure Joe Biden intends to make uh, uh, America great again, as did his predecessor, but perhaps in a a different way. And I I take it you won't see the type of uh, pressure that uh, Donald Trump uh, was putting on uh, American multi national corporations that are based in Ireland to return to the United States? Well, look, I think it's fair to say it's been quite a fractured relationship between the US and the EU in recent years, and not just the EU with China and other large economic powers. Um, and I think that's been a pity because we've had a really good relationship, in particular when you look at Ireland, the huge amount of multinationals that we have here, but also the number of Irish companies um, creating work for US citizens in the US has been huge. So we've always maintained that relationship. Um, A lot of work had been done um, by uh, Jean-Claude Juncker and then Phil Hogan as as then commissioner. um, And that work has continued to try and steady the ship, I suppose, and to try and rebuild that economic relationship that is beneficial to both. So I really do hope, and again, referring to his speech the other night, while he spoke a lot about his own country, about bringing everybody together, about representing every single person and every, you know, from from the the lower paid to, to those who are higher earners. 
but also about reaching out and, and I suppose building relations across the waters. So I, I can only see this as a positive, I really do. And I think from our own perspective, the fact that we have continued over the last number of years to have that access, St. Patrick's Day, which is obviously a big day for us, we have used that as an opportunity to not just with the US but across the world to, to engage, to I suppose expand when it comes to our own economic ambitions um, and it's been very helpful for us to have that continued access to the US to try and make sure that we can build those economic relations from an Irish-US point of view mm. but on behalf of the EU as a whole and I think we have been able to do that in recent years. Did you, you see this overall has been very positive. Oh I'm sure and uh, I think it's hard to argue with that as I said at the outset. Uh, did you meet him uh, four years ago and to, do, you, do you expect to meet him uh, soon are, are we uh, to hope for a Biden visit? I didn't, unfortunately, and, and I know that he paid a visit. He's, he's been to Ballina, he's been to Carlingford, he was in Newgrange as well when he visited. And unfortunately, I don't know whether I was busy that day or whether mm. I wasn't invited, but I, I didn't get to see him. I very much would like to meet him at some stage, of course, but I think given his new position, what we could hope for is a visit to Ireland as soon as possible and that we would have an opportunity to strengthen those ties even further. And I have no doubt that the Taoiseach will be extending uh, an invitation to him as, as soon as possible. Okay, well, uh, the uh, Biden-Trump uh, uh, race uh, to the White House overshadowed almost everything in the world last week uh, for many different reasons uh, and uh, to some extent overshadowed uh, the controversy surrounding uh, the Thornish, uh, the leader of your party, Leo Radker. And Village magazine says uh, that this week it's going to publish more allegations uh, about uh, the leaking of uh, the GP contract with the IMO uh, to NAG. Uh, and, of course, uh, the Thonisha is face- facing a motion of no confidence in the doll tomorrow. What do you make of all of this? Uh, is uh, there any concern within government uh, that uh, you lose some government party votes? Well, I, I don't think so. And I have to say, I mean, the Thonisha spent two hours in the doll last week answering questions, answering very detailed questions. We're now spending another two hours this week as a minister myself who has countless pieces of legislation and work to try and have enacted before the end of the year. I think that this is, is time that could be better spent given the fact that the Taunashta has answered questions and I think in, in great detail over the last week. What we're seeing is, is bits and snippets and parts of text messages coming out where people are talking about the Taunashta. And I mean, you know, none of us can mm. can, un, can know what somebody else writes about us. But I, I think the Taunashta has been very clear of what he did was not he said he didn't do it in the right way. Mm. He, he has fully admitted this. He has outlined, I, I do believe, his intentions that it was to try and ensure that a deal was reached. But Minister, if there's members of Fianna Fáil who believe a six-year-old wouldn't believe the story that Leo Radker has been telling, you can't expect them to vote in favour with the Taunashta. Well, look, I, I suppose I can only speak for myself and I do believe the Taunish does account. There are others who say they don't and that's their own view and their own opinion. We do have a coalition government. But you would expect uh, some Fianna Fáil votes to go against you and quite possibly some Green Party votes to go against you. Well, again, I'm not aware of, of any individual, whether it's from Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael or, or the Green Party that are intending to vote against the Taunashta. Um As a coalition party, obviously we have an agreement that we work with and support each other. If there are views and concerns last week as the Taunashta answered questions, there was an opportunity to, to raise those concerns and there has continued to be opportunities for anybody to ask questions of the Taunashta 
to pick up the phone and, and to speak to him and he's made that very clear. Yeah. But I mean, as I've said, we have so much work to do before the end of the year. This is a second two-hour uh, session which is taking up time which now has to be held in the convention centre which adds additional cost to the running of the doll during the week. And as far as I can see, there was absolutely nothing new from last week to say there was nothing different. Well, uh, you know, there are yeah, no uh, other allegations the, 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 aware of other the, the, than the, what was said a week ago. And there may be uh, Village Magazine saying uh, there's more to come, uh, but uh, undoubtedly we'll hear a lot more about that story across uh, the week. Uh, perhaps we can conclude by talking a, a little bit about what it is you have to do. As you say, you've a, a lot on your agenda. A reforming minister, I think, uh, is perhaps how you would see yourself. Uh, we've been hearing about... Uh, beg your pardon, caps on lawyers' fees. Uh, But you're also publishing a strategic plan for your department uh, and hope uh, to implement some fairly significant changes by the end of this year. So, absolutely. So I have a 500-page report which was presented to me by a former judge, Peter Kelly, last week. And essentially this report, it was commissioned by Francis Fitzgerald to look at how we can make it easier for people to access justice. So we have certain elements of our our judicial system that was based in law from the 1800s. You have elements of it which uh, are too costly where people can't actually physically afford to to access justice. And then you have other elements where I suppose recommendations have been made uh, to try and speed things up for people when they do actually get into the justice system. So there's 57 recommendations. I have to look at all of these and see how they could be implemented and, and what kind of you know, whether it's legislation, whether it's new policy, whether I need funding for it. But I think one of the most significant ones that stands out to a lot of people and given the huge problem we've had with insurance in recent year, years, there's been a number of reports essentially saying that Ireland is a high cost litigation jurisdiction. What does this mean? It means that it's that the legal costs in this country are too high, too high. And you have a number of reports recently showing in particular that legal costs are making up a huge amount of the motor insurance claims. They're pushing up essentially uh, costs of insurance when it comes to personal injuries, but also when it comes to any kind of commercial contract disputes, we are the fourth highest in Europe. So one of the recommendations in this report is that you would put a cap on the amount that people could charge for certain types of uh, legal act or legal actions. Now, this isn't to prevent people from earning money or, or solicitors and barristers are entitled to earn money, but this is to try and reduce the overall cost, which would hopefully have a knock-on impact. And obviously, this is part of a wider mm. piece of reform when it comes to insurance that I uh, have responsibility of. And there are about five different areas in my department that I'm currently working on to try and bring down the overall cost of insurance. And I do think if we can implement this, that this would play a huge part in that, particularly when you see that when you look at motor insurance claims, half of the costs for settling those are coming from legal costs, which is which is an astronomical figure. Okay, well, there's a, a huge job of work uh, if uh, all of these recommendations are to be implemented. Uh, you've put them out for public consultation uh, and there's uh, almost every... Uh, thing that you could think of uh, related uh, to the Department of Justice uh, that seems uh, to be under review. Uh, No doubt uh, we'll be hearing much more about uh, these changes in the coming days and weeks, uh, but we leave it there for the moment. Minister, thank you very much indeed for joining us as always. Helen McEntee, the Minister for Justice. Michael Reid on LMFM. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 